What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, joined, as I always am, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, I gotta say, man, this was uh, this was one of the better weeks of the NFL season so far. I would say the best week <laughs> of the of the fantasy football season so far from a neutral perspective. Now, obviously, if you lose your matchups, you hate everything in life but <laughs> but just like that scoring was way up this week there were some huge fantasy performances by individual players and very few injuries knock on wood so uh really that's kind of all you can ask for I feel like in, in a fantasy week and this year had just been so brutal you know entering the week scoring was the lowest since 2010 so it was really nice to see a week that just was fun and kind of wide open games Absolutely. Tons of points. And um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it stinks. You know, there's a couple of bad ways to really lose in fantasy. And the one that's really that really stinks is when you score like the second most points that week and still lose. And that might happen to me uh, this week. We'll see. Or it might even be third most because they're just like you said, there were so many points this week. Um, and so, yeah, we'll get into all the all the all the touchdowns. I mean, there were a lot of three touchdown games, multiple like three touchdown games, just tons of guys went off. So, yeah, it was a fun week. And uh, I'll tell you this. I'm really glad in like my home league I implemented a rule where uh, the sixth playoff spot goes to the highest point total for the year because a week like this, you know, you might lose 180 to 170 and it stinks, but just keep setting those lineups, keep scoring points, and, uh, you know, with a rule like that, you can kind of sneak into the playoffs even if you get unlucky with matchups along the way. Yeah, I like that. I also like the having a game against the median score in your league as, yeah. uh, as the second game each week. Uh, that way, if you score a lot of points, you'll at least go one and one, even if your opponent completely goes off. So that's a good one too. Yep. Yeah, I feel like we're probably heading in that direction uh, with those kind of rules, but they're the, they're the types of things that fly under the radar for a while and just just take a little while to go. We're finally getting <laughs> super flex leaks becoming more mainstream, so at least we've made some right. progress there. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, um, you want to so, get right into it? We yeah, got a lot to cover. Let's do it. It's yeah. uh, it's Monday night here on the East Coast. The Monday night football game uh, is in progress, so we don't won't have a lot to say about that yet. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, like I said, a fun week. We're going to recap every single game from a fantasy perspective, uh, and then we will jump into the waiver wire. So, without further ado, uh, let's start with uh, the Thursday night game, which was. Ravens 27 and the Bucks 22. I mean, it you know, the the Bucks offense just still kind of is a little disappointing. I mean, mm -hmm. the you know, the yardage numbers by the end of this game for them were pretty good, but um just one touchdown pass yet again for Tom Brady. He's had more than one touchdown pass in a game just once all season, uh which is pretty rough and Leonard Fournette continues to have a putrid uh, rushing average yards per carry, 2.7 yards per carry in this particular game. Um, you know, he did get in the end zone and catches a few passes. Uh, but really, on the Bucks side, for me right now, it's kind of just Mike Evans and Chris Godwin that I feel great about starting because uh, they, they get so much volume. Even if, I mean, each of them only caught six of their 11 targets, but both of these guys are like a lock to get double-digit targets every week, and, and that alone makes them guys you have to have in your lineup. Absolutely, but like a guy like Brady, like you said, he's been he's been rough, and I mean, he like he, he threw for three hundred twenty-five yards in this one, but like the one touchdown, like you said, I mean, that's just not going to get it done without any rushing, uh, you know, involve. When we're talking about, we'll get into guys like Justin Fields, who's been really good, and 
you know, Daniel Jones, some of these guys are just doing it with their legs. So Brady offers none of that. And if he's not throwing three or four touchdowns, he's not helping your fantasy team too much. So I agree with you. Like you're definitely starting those wide receivers. Um, the Ravens, you know, Lamar Jackson had a, had an okay game. Uh, he had nine carries for 43 yards, which, you know, gives you that floor. He also had a pair of touchdowns. Mark Andrews left early in this game. Um, I think we talked, did we talk about this game already with all the injuries? Maybe while we were watching it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the crazy part about it to me is that like they had Andrews and uh, Bateman and Gus Edwards on in the injury report and mm-hmm. they all end up leaving the game. Uh, can't make it through the game. So maybe they rushed those guys back <laughs> a little bit. Uh, so, you know, especially I feel like Bateman and now he's, apparently going to miss a few weeks with that recurrence of that foot injury. So that one, that one was a kind of questionable decision, I think, to get him back. So as quickly as they, they did, uh, the other two guys, you know, Andrews had suffered a different injury than he had before. And so did, um, Edwards. So that that's less so, but it may be just some bad luck there, but I got to say, Isaiah likely really looked impressive. Mm -hmm. And if Andrews, it doesn't sound like Andrews is going to miss a game, but, uh, they do have their bye coming up in week 10, so it's one of those situations where they could be cautious and they could decide to sit out uh, Andrews and Gus Edwards for a game here. And if that happens, then guys like Likely and Kenyon Drake are very interesting for fantasy. Absolutely, especially Likely. I'm sure we'll get into him when we talk tight ends waiver wire. Yep. All right, let's move to the Sunday games. We'll start with the London game on Sunday morning. It was the Broncos Let's ride. 21-17, they win over the Jaguars. Uh, I mean, it still wasn't exactly uh, vintage Russell Wilson performance, but it was a little bit better than we've seen in, in some other weeks. Uh, but the, the interesting thing to me is that the, the, the guys that are producing in the passing game are shifting uh, in Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've really seen the, the rookie Greg Dolchich emerge uh, since he's been activated just in the last three games. And he's come right out of the gates. You rarely see it with tight ends, but he has come right out of the gates and become an integral part of their passing attack. And Jerry Judy, I think Jerry Judy is now um, looking like Russ's preferred target compared to Cortland Sutton. So it's now been three games in a row where Sutton hasn't even gotten to 25 receiving yards. Uh, so it feels like a long time ago that he was this locked in high end wide receiver two every week. It really does. And you know, the Broncos have a buy now. And so it's going to like, you, you want to hold all these guys we're talking about. And even, you know, Latavius Murray and Melvin G- Gordon each had touchdowns in this game. We talked about them as both being flex options in this game and they were, and they will continue to be, I think, you know, Mike Boone's out. So, I think you, including Greg Dulcich, I think you want to try to hold on to all these Broncos we're talking about, except for maybe Russell Wilson. Um, <laughs> but but all the position players, I think you want to try to hold them through the through the uh, bye week if you can. Yeah, I agree. You know, Dulcich in particular is one I I feel like. I mean, he's still not even rostered in fifty percent of leagues. But I would if I got him on my team. Yeah, I'm, I yeah. would like to hold him through the bye because I do think he's going to be a top twelve tight end rest of season. Yep. Uh, the running backs. Yeah, I mean. I guess you, I guess you kind of have to, but uh, you know, Gordon played fifty six percent of the snaps, and Murray was at forty four percent. It's it's just kind of ugly right now. I mean, Murray was the one who got more carries. They both scored a, a rushing touchdown, so that helped, but uh, not not a lot of productivity on the ground. 
I mean, you could try to trade one of these guys maybe instead of like, I just think, you know, there's value there. So if you drop them, I think someone else might try to pick them up and stash them. You know, there's a little bit of value there. There's teams out there who, you know, there's a lot of running backs with injuries. So there's people out there who probably could use one of them as a flex option. So Yeah, that's true. I just think <laughs> if, if it's like, if you're in a pinch with bye weeks and things like that, letting yep. Latavius Murray go, like I could probably live with that. Um, on the on the Jaguar side of it, uh, Travis Etienne, as expected, James Robinson gone, and it's full liftoff. Twenty four mm-hmm. carries, one hundred fifty six yards in a TD. Uh, he's just a a rock solid RB one at this point. Uh, and then you know Christian Kirk was still a little disappointing, but Evan Ingram is quietly. <laughs> I, I've never been a big Evan Ingram guy, but I got to say, like, he uh, he just keeps producing solid numbers every week. So I think he's, like, creeping towards that top 12 tight end uh, level himself and yeah. might be the only guy you really want to play in this offense right now other than Travis Etienne. Yeah, I think, you know, Christian Kirk, you're right. This is a tough matchup. Denver is a tough matchup there for the pass catcher. So I'm, I'm probably still going to rank Christian Kirk as, like, a low-end wide receiver, too, this coming week in a better matchup. So... I'll still believe, hopefully you had maybe a better option um, and maybe even had the, the guts to bench him in a tough matchup. So these are the types of start-sit decisions that people have, you know, that we get qu- questions on Twitter for, like Christian Kirk versus certain guys, and maybe you had a better option this week. Hope you did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like he fits in that group with, like, guys like Jacoby Myers and Darnell Mooney. And, I, you know, I was, like, a guy like uh, Terry McLaurin was, like, trending down towards that gap, that yeah level before and now i feel like mclaurin's trending up and kirk's one trending down so it's a long season and these things do shift over time but hopefully the jaguars you know trevor lawrence he's had his ups and downs and this was not one of his better performances yep uh next game the uh falcons this was a wild one falcons 34 panthers or falcons 37 panthers 34 (laughs) in overtime and uh this was just like a crazy crazy back and forth game you and i were facing each other in our dynasty league and we each had one of these defenses <laughs> so <laughs> i mean uh i think the the falcons ended up getting a uh defensive touchdown i believe um yeah i think i started out the, a little bit there i think but, i started the game with an interception and yeah it, you got we both got a lot of points from the defenses there and you, it's funny you said 37 34 panthers because they had their chance man like it was did i say panthers yeah and then you then you flipped it i mean the falcons won the game but man the panthers had every shot to win it um what a wild finish well of course dj moore uh, catches what should have been the game-winning touchdown but takes his helmet off in celebration uh and gets penalized and pushes the extra point try back 15 yards (laughs) and then eddie pinero misses it and it goes to overtime (laughs) so uh, and then Pinero missed another kick from even an even easier yeah. kick later. So they thirty three yarder. They, yeah, yeah, they certainly had their chances to ice this game. Um, but you could say the same thing, I guess, about the Falcons earlier in the game. <laughs> you know, if they could have just that touchdown to Moore was the long, longest completed pass of the Statcast era. So mm. <laughs> it was a kind of a miracle touchdown at the very end of the game. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes said it was the play of the season. Wow, how about that? Uh, and that's a guy who's known for making plays. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, um, I was talking you know, about in those... terms of the fantasy takeaways from this game, for me it's uh, Deonta Foreman just feasting yeah. without Chuba Hubbard there. I mean, he, he was awesome. 26 carries, 118 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like Hubbard's going to be back maybe this, this coming week, but you have to think Foreman's the lead back at this point. 
Yeah, I think so. I, I was mentioning those three touchdown games. There were a lot of them this week, and Dante Foreman was not one that I was really considering. I liked him as an anytime touchdown guy, but man, three touchdowns, yeah. When when guys like this have the opportunity, sometimes they take a hold of it. And we talked about a couple of these guys in our preview. So uh, I really like Tyler Algier on the other side, but it was Caleb Huntley who actually was the better running back, did a lot more with his carries uh, than, than Algier did. But I still like Algier moving forward. He had a receiving touchdown. Um, really like both of these guys, actually, as we do just a preview, you know, ahead of our preview show later in the week. But I'm going to like both of these guys as potential plays uh, in, a, in a really good matchup because Atlanta is going to just continue to run the ball and they face the Chargers this week. Yeah, well, well, we can talk a little more about Algier and Huntley in the waiver wire uh, discussion. Okay. Um, Kyle Pitts also got going again in this game. So yeah. um, he's starting to show some signs of life, uh, probably given this, the state of tight end enough that, you know, you can play him again. Um, I still think it's going to be very hit and miss. <laughs> I mean, this was way more passing than Mariota typically does. I mean, he threw for 253 yards, which for this Falcons offense, that's the equivalent of throwing for like 500 yards. You know? Yeah. And, and Drake London, you just can't really play. Like I'm playing him again. I played him against you in our Superflex dynasty league. Um, Cause I just, I'm thin at wide receiver there. And I really should try to make a trade honestly for like a running back for a wide receiver. Um, Cause playing Drake London every week right now is not fun. <laughs> it just isn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, any other thoughts on, I mean, DJ Moore, other than the, the mental error with another, you know, this was his yeah. biggest game of the season by far. And last week was his best game of the season at that point. So he seems to be trending up with PJ Walker. Yeah. And Terrace Marshall, Terrace Marshall Jr. Had nine targets, had a kind of a breakout game, a nice 39 yard pickup. He ended up with four for 87. So he's more of a deeper, deeper stash as we're talking waiver wire guys. I don't know that there's going to be enough volume from pj walker for anyone more than dj Moore. not someone you're going to start like week after week but maybe a stash in a deeper league yeah i agree with that all right next game cowboys 49 bears 29 uh this was an exciting game for for cowboys fans uh dak prescott looked fantastic in this game uh did most of his damage in the first half didn't have to do a whole lot in the second half of the game but he just looked really comfortable he looked healthy uh he made plays with his legs he made plays with his arm it was just i you know i feel like the door is wide open for Dak prescott to be a top seven fantasy quarterback and you've got the the big six is kind of how i would look at it at this point um i'm including kyler murray in there even though (laughs) it's sometimes painful to watch him play but he (laughs) does tend to get the stats you know um yeah and after those guys uh I think Dak could easily be the next most valuable QB uh, based just on how he looked in this performance. Yeah, and we I texted you, I think, after his second or third touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown in there, too. And I said, okay, Dak is back because we talked about him in the preview, and I was kind of like, I don't know, man. If he doesn't do well here, you might drop him going through the bye week. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, don't drop Dak. And, um, <laughs> but this is more – this is the Tony Pollard week, you know. Yeah, for Zeke sure. Zeke was out. Another three touchdown game. <laughs> like I don't know how many times we're going to say that this episode. Uh, at least a couple more. Three uh, more. Yeah. So Tony <laughs> Pollard, huge, huge day. We, you know, a lot of people saw that coming. Um, I guess Jerry Jones doesn't necessarily see it coming. Uh, he wants Zeke back in there when he's healthy, and you know, that's fine. I guess. Um, would love to see Pollard have more opportunities like this, but you know, he's still a guy you're you're going to put in your RB two spot, or especially flex, especially after seeing what he can do when given the opportunity. Yeah, it's a frustrating situation just in the sense that Pollard, I think, is clearly the superior player to Zeke at this point in their careers. But they do have different skill sets, and there are certain things Zeke can do well. And 
I will say that I thought Zeke looked pretty good prior to his injury. Like he he played probably his best few games of the season right before the injury. So I you know I I think there certainly should still be a role for Zeke on this team, but. Uh, Jerry Jones, first of all, any owner that's as involved in the day-to-day operations of their team as Jerry Jones is generally not a good thing for a team. Um, but also he's just, you know, he's got this, he's living in the past with Zeke. I feel like, you know, it's like they have all these fond memories and great times together, (laughs) but it's 2022 here. And also like the contract. I mean, they, they just, they gave Zeke so much money that they had to trade Amari Cooper for beans, you know? So they're really pot committed to. Zeke and that's I think what you're hearing from Jerry Jones but regardless I I still think Tony Pollard like the way I was ranking them when Zeke was healthy these last few weeks was back to back I mean to me they were both low-end RB2s in good matchups and high-end RB3s in bad matchups and that's kind of how I'll probably continue to rank them once Zeke is back because Pollard is gonna get half as many touches as Zeke every week but he's gonna be at least twice as productive on those touches well, the other side of the ball is not that different from this, right? In the same game, like Khalil Herbert has looked like the better running back um, most of the season, and he looked he looked better in this game. Uh, Dave Montgomery is still good, and I think he will continue to be heavily involved. Um, I know that you've been moving the two closer, like maybe back-to-back in your rankings. I yeah. hadn't quite done that, but after this game, even more, I'm like, okay, I'll start ranking them both sort of around in the RB 20 to 30 range, kind of depending on the matchup. Yeah, I think I think you have to. I mean, it it's becoming more and more of a hot hand approach and Herbert I mean, I, Montgomery's actually a good back. I like mm-hmm. I, you know, I think he's a good player, but Herbert might be even, even better player. So, that's just kind of where that's trending. And then I think the other big story is just Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Like he just keeps getting better and better and the fact that he was able to put up big fantasy numbers against that Dallas defense. If he can do it against Dallas, I think he can do it against anybody. So uh, I'm probably going to have him as a top 12 quarterback going forward in my rankings. Yeah, me too. And like we were talking before the show, I wasn't expecting this. I I didn't play him against you in our super flex. Thank you for that, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I had Andy Dalton and Daniel Jones. I mean, you got to start those guys, right? But yeah, Justin. Generational talents. Justin Fields has just been so much better lately. Um, you look at his last three or four games. I mean, he's definitely trending up. And, uh, well, we'll talk about Daniel Jones in a little bit. He might be trending down. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, well, you were, you know, you were, you were big on your, on your Dalton call this week. So you, you stood by it. I, I give you kudos I, I for that. <laughs> um, all right. Next game. We've got the Dolphins 31 and the Lions 27. Uh, I feel like this was a game I kind of had a good grasp on in terms of how it would go, and it went exactly how I thought it would go. It was <laughs> a very high-scoring uh, shootout type of a game. Not much defense played on either side. Um, the Dolphins came into this game with a just really banged-up secondary. So, uh, And I mentioned the splits with Jared Goff. like He's just so much better at home than on the road. So I, I ranked him as my QB8 this week, and he might not quite have finished that high just because he only threw the one touchdown, but he was lighting up that defense. He threw for 321 yards in this game. So um, that that went about how I expected. Uh, the, the, you know, DeAndre Swift was back, but was not used that much. I mean, he ended up fine because he caught a seven-yard touchdown pass, but mm-hmm. uh, five catches, 27 yards, but only five carries for six yards. So Jamal Williams was still operating as the primary rusher, and he, of course will probably continue to be the, the primary goal line back, even when Swift is full go and back to 
his original role in the offense. So it's it it is what it is. You know, I, I still think Swift is the better fantasy option of the two, but Jamal Williams. I mean, he, this believe it or not, this was he now leads the league. He's tied for with Nick Chubb, although I believe Nick Chubb just passed him in rushing touchdowns as we were recording tonight. But he did, score, um, yeah. But Jamal Williams, uh, as of an hour ago, was tied for the league <laughs> league with, with eight rushing touchdowns, which actually only came in four games. He has four two touchdown games this season. Mm. Uh, that's just the kind of upside that I think Jamal Williams has. He's a he's kind of a boomer bust player, but he can really help you win weeks yeah and uh I, I agree with you you know you, you're going to be starting deandre swift he, he had sort of a clyde edwards helaire type game where he you know the touchdown saved him but better days are ahead this is only time game. you can ever compare those two players by the way <laughs> <laughs> fair enough uh better days are ahead as he gets healthier on the other side i was you know a little disappointed raheem mostert almost found the end zone he was one of my any anytime touchdown bets that didn't hit uh most of mine hit uh this past weekend but that one did not he got vultured by alec ingold after Mostert couldn't find Pater. So that that kind of stunk. <laughs> you know, I don't think many people were starting Alec Ingold. Uh, well, I was your... starting Mostert in, like, every league I am in, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not happy about that either. And, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say, you know, on the Miami side. Like, obviously Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are just great plays, you know, just locked in wide receiver ones every week. I mean, it's um, crazy. But... Like, it's truly crazy what they're doing. Yeah. The fact that they can both go over 100 yards in the same game, like, almost every week, like – that's unheard of. I heard yeah. a stat that those two are like the most uh, most yardage for a duo through the first half of the season in NFL history. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, Tyreek Hill only on pace for four touchdowns this season, but he's on pace for two, over 2,000 receiving yards. It's crazy. It reminds me of, of you know, throwbacks to like Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison or Torrey Holt, you know, and Isaac Bruce, like, so, like some of these you know, just greatest show on turf type. I mean, they really, like, it's pretty awesome for fantasy, and I'm kind of upset that I don't have either of them in, like, any league because I just did not believe in Tua coming into yeah, the season. Well, well, you know, honestly, like, this might this might be controversial, but I see some similarities between these two offenses because I don't think Tua is that much better of a quarterback than Jared Goff. I think they're both – they're similar. Like, when they're yeah. in a controlled situation with talent around them and a good offensive play caller and – they, you know, they can go through their reads and make their, make these short, you know, quick, short throws. They can be really effective. And uh, the difference is uh, Miami has Hill and Waddle, whereas Detroit just has Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think they have a second receiver really on that level. But right. maybe DeAndre Swift could be used that way. We'll see. But, yeah, um, but yeah I, I mean, these quarterbacks, when you have those kind of weapons, like you don't have to – like all of the things I – all the concerns I had about Tua are still there. Like I don't <laughs> trust him to make those like tough throws to the sideline, you know, where you have to bullet it in there or make those deep throws. Like, but when these guys can get five feet of separation between them and the defender on every single play, it just doesn't really matter. Yeah, I tell you what, though, I'd rather much rather have Tua over Tom Brady in fantasy right now, rest of the season. You know, like yeah, it's no, it's it's not even a question right now for me. I guess so. God, that <laughs> just feels dirty. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next game. Minnesota 34, Arizona 26. Um, this was kind of what you would expect from this kind of a game, too, I feel like. Like, the Cardinals make it kind of interesting, but you never really thought they were going to win this game, I think. I mean, they had their chances. They always do. But they're just kind of a maddening, inconsistent team. I mean, the one thing you know is that DeAndre Hopkins – 
is going to feast. I mean, he stepped right back in and instantly is playing as as well as he ever has at any point in his career. I mean, he's yeah. right back. I like he's back to top five wide receiver already. Yeah, I didn't see this coming honestly with with Hopkins because he wasn't looking great last year. He had the suspension to start this year. Um, now. I don't know. Is he playing with his hair on fire just because he had the suspension and he's coming out hot? I mean, I guess it's possible, but yeah, I agree with you. There's no reason, obviously, not to start him right now. If you waited this long, you plugged him right back in your lineup and you're reaping the benefits. So yep. the, the one thing, I, you know, James Conner has been out. They get Seattle this coming week, which is a great matchup. And I could see a three-touchdown game from James Conner if he's healthy. But that's going to be the question, like, is he practicing in full this, by the end of this week and is he healthy and back in there playing? Yeah, I would love to see that. You know, Benjamin did not do a lot in this game to mm-hmm. uh, lock down a, a huge role once Connor is back. Uh, Daryl Williams got uh, worked in a little bit as well, but barely did anything in the box score. I will say also Rondale Moore uh, with a really nice game, and he played almost half of his snaps in the slot, or I think mm-hmm. actually just a little more than half of his snaps in the slot this week after barely playing in the slot last week. So that's big for him because he just yeah. – his skill set does it just doesn't work as a perimeter receiver. You know, he is built to be a slot guy and they 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 reduced Hopkins' role in the slot in this game and put him out wide. It didn't hurt Hopkins' production at all, but it really helped Moore's production to be in the slot. So I think this is the right move for this offense. Even Cliff Kingsbury gets something right now and again. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, it, it it seems like Moore is trending up, and he's still available in a lot of waiver wires. So he's a he's a name I would definitely look at. Yeah, for the Vikings, I think it's you know it's pretty simple on that side. Like Kirk Cousins is exactly what we think he is pretty much every week. He's sort of that that RB ten to twelve guy. Dalvin Cook is solid. He had twenty carries for one hundred and eleven yards and a touchdown. Alexander Madison also had a touchdown in this game, which you know you can never count on that. But he's a a high end handcuff who you mu- who you need to be rostering if he's available. I'm sure we'll talk about him too. And then mm-hmm. the receivers, you know, Justin Jefferson, even Adam Thielen had a solid game. Neither scored, um, but your guy Irv Smith left with an injury, and he's going to be out, I think, a few weeks, right? Yeah, it sounds like it. Disappointing. Um, yeah. And Thielen actually looked like he got hurt in this game and didn't yeah. end up missing any time. He just came right back in. It looked like a pretty significant injury and didn't phase him at all. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I mean, the, there's just not much to talk about with the Vikings. Like, they no. are by far the most – consistent team week in and week out it's just the same story all the time and that makes it easy for fantasy purposes yep it does uh next game saints 24 raiders zero this was <laughs> probably the most shocking result of the week that the raiders laid just such a massive goose egg uh against the saints defense that was missing both marshawn Lattimore and bradley roby um you know the, it was uh, i wrote about this in my article at fantasy pros uh this morning uh, Devonte Adams had missed time during the week, uh, sick, and mm-hmm. he, uh, I believe it was Ian Harditz that you know referred to it as the Devonte Adams flu game, and <laughs> I had to I had to mention that in the article because it was not very Jordan esque at all. It was no. he had two yards from scrimmage in this game, uh, so that really did not work out. Derek Carr was disastrously bad in this game. Josh Jacobs finally had his first stinker of the season Mm -hmm. um it was just if you if you were relying on raiders this week you probably lost your matchup (laughs) yeah well i i actually in my guillotine league i picked up Devontae adams for a pretty penny i think 48 or 58 dollars it was like a quarter of my budget plugged him right in and he got this basically goose egg for me 
Luckily, I didn't need it. I'm, I'm going to squeak by as like one of the bottom three that's left there. But I, you don't, you just need to not be last in guillotine. So I'm okay there. Whew. I tell you what, I didn't like, I did not like paying up for Devonte Adams and seeing that. <laughs> hey, you, as long as you survived, he, yeah. I'm not worried about Adams' rest of season. I think no. that you know, it just shows you it's you know something like an illness. You just don't really know what to make of it. Like it could, oftentimes it's nothing. Like, and that was kind of my assumption here was that it was going to yeah. be nothing. Um, but maybe it wasn't nothing in this instance. And I, know. I guess and then, every once in a while that can happen. And, you know, Darren Waller, you know, we thought maybe he would make it back. He still didn't. And I don't know, man. Like, we were talking about this in the game previews last week. I just – I'm not going to trust him in his first game back. I know, like, by now, whoever has Waller has had to deal without him for, like, four weeks. So you probably have another option that you've been using. Hopefully you have someone. Maybe you've picked up Evan Ingram um, or Bob Tunyon even, like, has a decent matchup coming up. I would play either of them coming up above Darren Waller like I'm not gonna rank Darren Waller as a top 10 play this coming week I'm just not ready to do that for a guy who just hasn't been he's not shown that he's healthy yet so it just worries me yeah you just inspired a tweet for me I'm gonna have to tweet this out Darren Waller is the Michael Thomas of tight ends (laughs) (laughs) yeah you just can't count on it like there's there's all kinds of natural ability but he just never seems to be healthy and the Mm. injuries drag on much longer than you ever think they will and it's just uh it's it's frustrating um, Both guys got paid and i don't know man sometimes yeah. it happens <laughs> yeah so on the Saints side of this game uh i started Taysom hill against you you started andy <laughs> dalton against me yeah um i you know honestly they both were fine i don't think yeah. either one you know obviously you're expecting more points from when it's your quarterback um and dalton was fine uh Taysom, you know 10 carries as is a guy that's playing tight end and he's gonna get 10 carries like that's a really high floor for a tight end. So yeah, love that. <laughs> um, I, you know, Taysom, I think is kind of an every week top eight tight end at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, Alvin Kamara. We have to talk about it. This is another one of those three touchdown <laughs> games. Yep. Uh, he's been involved in some trade talks recently, and there's kind of mixed messages going on. Um, some reports that they would if they can get a, a return similar to what the uh, Panthers got for Christian McCaffrey, that they'd be willing to move him. Other reports saying they're not shopping him, and he he's happy there, and he doesn't want to go. Uh, but we're going to find this all out tomorrow because the yeah. trade deadline is tomorrow, Tuesday, November first, four p.m. Eastern time. So that drama is going to end. But certainly, this game did not hurt Alvin Kamara's trade value because he entered he entered this game with zero touchdowns on the season. Uh, he left it with three. Yeah, and of course, this is the first week in two or three that I did not bet his anytime touchdown. I was like, you know what? <laughs> go ahead Kamara just do your thing and he did um yeah you're right about Taysom Hill uh, Andy Dalton like he kind of had like a Kirk Cousins type game like you know fine uh, or a Jimmy hurt. Garoppolo game or Jimmy G yeah he, he's kind of in that territory right now um I was thinking like when we talked about this game preview it was kind of like well who's gonna catch balls for him and it ended up being Kamara which was you know fine uh but yeah Olave he had a so-so game um but I'm still starting him every week and really no one else here like Marquez Callaway has not stood like I thought Marcus Callaway would kind of step up a little bit like he did last year with Michael Thomas out, and he hasn't done that. So it's really the Chris Olave show. Other yeah, than I mean, Traquan Smith had actually been pretty good prior yeah. to this game. I think he had three top 36 finishes in the last four weeks or something, but he did not catch a single pass in this game. So nope. the, you know, watching the Saints is kind of weird. It's, like, I feel like it's I'm watching the ghost of 
Drew Brees and the ghost of uh, Sean Payton every time I watch the Saints because they're, <laughs> you know, Pete Carmichael is still running the plays there, so they're still they're still running a lot of the offense that they did with Brees and Payton, but it's they just don't have the personnel anymore. Uh, other than Kamara, they just don't. And Alave is obviously an exciting player now, but that this this offense is just kind of. <laughs> a lot of guys you know it's a lot of guys subbing in and out because they don't have star power there yeah and if they traded Kamara like if if that happens who the heck are they going to play at running back because Ingram got kind of banged up here um they yeah, no longer have Tony Jones time. they traded away Latavius Murray like I don't even know who their third string is and who like they would almost need to get somebody back in a trade Dwayne Washington just, oh there you go Dwayne Washington maybe he <laughs> yeah no I mean I think if they traded Kamara they're just they're pretty much waving the white flag on the season which kind of would be surprising for me given that they yeah. play in the NFC South. I mean, they're 3 and 5. They're a game out of first place. Maybe Taysom Hill gets 15 to 20 carries a game. Oh man, now you're talking. <laughs> Get on the bus. All right. Uh next game. Uh Patriots 22, Jets 17. Um I I was very excited by Ramondre Stevenson continuing to dominate this backfield. I, I you know, Damian Harris got a little more involved, but uh, Stevenson over 140 yards from scrimmage in this game. <laughs> he's just he's uh, he's kind of a monster. I think he's he's pushing for RB one consideration himself at this point. Um, beyond that, with the Patriots, it's kind of just more of the same, right? I mean, Jacoby yeah. Myers, 12 targets, nine catches for 60 yards. He does get the touchdown, so it's a good week for him because of that. Uh, otherwise, it's what you usually look for with Myers. He's good in PPR, kind of leaves mm-hmm. you wanting a little bit in standard though. Yeah, and Devontae Parker left with an injury, so I mean that might, makes me like Myers even more as just like a solid flex play moving forward. Like he's he's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Wilson stunk in this game. You know he had a couple touchdowns, but he had three picks. Like the yardage, you know he racked up the yardage, but like I don't know, the Jets could have been in this game. I feel like if they had someone like Flacco in there, maybe even I don't know. Like Zach Wilson just didn't look great. The running game didn't get going. Um, I guess Garrett Wilson, uh, you could say like had a really good game. He had seven targets over 100 yards receiving. Tyler Conklin had a pair of short touchdowns, which, I mean, we saw that earlier in the season, and then it kind of went away. Um, I mean, it was a nice game if you somehow had happened to play him, but I don't think anyone was still starting Tyler Conklin these days. So, on a yeah, lot of benches, I, mean, I, I think you can make a pretty good case that, the, I mean, with the exception of Garrett Wilson, I'd say the two most talented playmakers in this offense were not, on the field it's Brees Hall who's out for the season yeah and it's Elijah Moore who was operating as the wide receiver five on this offense like he played fewer snaps than Jeff Smith uh, you know like uh, <laughs> he is why even make him active if you're gonna if you're gonna yeah, use him knows? that little it's really a head-scratching move and apparently they don't want to trade him either I don't know what the Jets are doing there but I, I this team is they're five and three still they you know but they have a real problem now without Brees Hall I mean he was the motor for this offense and all of a sudden you look around and you're like where how is this team going to score points you know because like they're not I mean basically every week they were getting one or two amazing plays by Brees Hall that were putting a touchdown on the board like single-handedly you know and uh now they don't have that anymore. So the, you're taking 7 to 14 points off the board for them every week and it's hard to know how to replace it yeah, and if you lose the turnover margin like they did, I mean, with, with Zach Will, and I, I don't know, again, I said Flacco. I mean, Flacco just as easily might throw some picks, too, if he were inserted in there. So I just think they have a problem at quarterback in general. So 
Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been pretty. I They might just need to, like, let Wilson loose a little more like they did in this game, though, because I just don't know if the running game is going to be enough for them anymore. And, uh, you know, they need to figure out what if, if Wilson's the guy. I mean, like, sure. at this point, it's they're kind of, like, committed to that. You know what I mean? Like, I, making the move to Flacco because you're five and three and trying to get into the playoffs so you can lose in the first round doesn't, it seems like sort of a <laughs> short sighted move, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah. All right. Next game Eagles 35, Steelers 13. Uh, I'm going to take a little victory lap on this one, too. I called mm-hmm. the AJ Brown explosion game. Um, you did. And uh, it sure was an explosion game, man. <laughs> Six <laughs> catches, 156 yards, and three touchdowns. That magic number, once again. <laughs> He's the only receiver of the of the, of the the group that got three touchdowns. So he was definitely the wide receiver one for the week. Um, I mean, this is what you get with AJ Brown. Like, he's not... Um, I had some stats in my fantasy pros article about him too. Like I, I, he's gone over 130 yards in nine of his 50 career games, which is an absurdly high percentage for a number that high. Um, he's a, you know, he doesn't get the volume that most of the every week wide receiver ones get. Uh, like he hasn't caught more than this. He caught six balls in this game. I don't think he's mm-hmm. caught more than that since week one, but it doesn't matter. It, it's he's the upside is as high as anyone in the league. And uh, he can just, put up huge numbers just on a few catches so uh just a total stud yeah i mean any, every time he catches the ball if he's like inside the 30 i'm like he can get in the end zone like i, I just i just love aj brown um but believe it or not like in my home league you know i had aj brown and uh well i may i might not win this week i mean if t higgins doesn't get going tonight you know there were so not many of these, good there were so many of these three touchdown games you know my opponent had one of those that we haven't even gotten to yet so yeah, um, it's it's one of those weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why I said at the beginning, you know, the, it, it was a fun week if you if you didn't lose your fantasy matchups. Yeah, but um, you know, it was interesting just to see the the Eagles. I mean, you can kind of take your pick against the Steelers. This is not the Iron Curtain defense, but um, the Eagles had been scoring most of their touchdowns uh, on the ground recently, which hadn't really hurt Jalen Hurts because he he's himself had rushed for a lot of those touchdowns. But uh, in this game four of their five touchdowns through the air. So this shows they can really, they can do it all. You know, they can beat teams however they need to beat teams. They're the only undefeated team left in the league. And uh, they, yeah, I I don't really see any obvious weakness on this, uh, on this Eagle squad. Yeah. On the, on the Steelers side, you know, we, we pretty much say the same thing about this team every week, you know, like Najee Harris, you're not excited about starting him. He'll get you a, like a safe floor, but pretty much nothing, you know, exciting. Deontay Johnson's the same way. Chase Claypool has been, you know, trade rumors. So we'll see if by the time you're listening to this, you know, he might be a Green Bay Packer or something. We'll see. I'd love to see him go somewhere because I think that this, the Steelers do a really good job of drafting wide receivers. You know, George Pickens looks like a stud. I think, you know, this Calvin Austin guy might, you know, I feel like they could get like get him involved and draft someone else next year. I think it makes a lot of sense if they get a, you know, second or third round pick or something for, for Claypool to go ahead and move him. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, I think he's a good player. Um, but, yeah, I guess he and Pickens are a little redundant in that sense. Um, you know, I, I, if if, if uh, waivers were running after the trade deadline, I would um, – or if waivers were running before the trade deadline, I should say, I would be telling everyone to stash Claypool because yeah, I do think if, if he went to the Packers, for example, his value would really skyrocket. So if you have him on your roster, hold on to him through the trade deadline let's see what ha- let's see where he lands but 
uh, in this current situation, it's just this is the kind of stuff you're going to get. Four catches, 45 yards, because there's just you know not enough volume. Pickett is not good enough, and there's too many mouths to feed. Um, I do feel like Jalen Warren just constantly looks better than yep. Najee Harris. It's kind of like Pollard and Zeke at this point, you know, um, or maybe even more extreme. Uh, we, you know, Rashad White and Leonard Fournette, all these mm-hmm. guys. We're seeing these, you know. I, it's weird to call Najee Harris a veteran, but he looks <laughs> like he's he's playing like he's like thirty, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it, just these younger guys with more juice in their legs uh, behind them. You don't know if they can handle the workload, um, but I feel like the Steelers have nothing to lose to try to get uh, manufacture some more touches for Jalen Warren because every time he touches the ball, good things tend to happen. Yeah, I think the Steelers are on bye coming up too, though. So that would be a tough one to – like, it will be tough to keep him through a bye. Um, but he might be a guy that you pick up in a, like a week from now and stash him before Monday Night Football, you know, before they come back from yeah, their bye. Yeah, I guess it depends on your league, you know, how, how yeah. much people are on these backup running backs with upside, these upside stash guys. Because certainly my home league, like, he would get – someone would pick him up even though mm-hmm. they're on bye. I just think the upside there uh, is too significant. And – um I, yeah, so I, I wouldn't mind holding him if you can if you can make it work. I especially coming out of the bye, often teams make shifts. You know that's that's why I think Pacheco yeah. in Kansas City could see more work. I could and I could see the same thing happen with Jalen Warren. We're coming out of the bye, uh, they they shift uh, the the balance of uh, power on that backfield a little bit. All right, we'll see how we rank those guys in a little bit. All right, <laughs> next game: Tennessee seventeen, Houston ten. Uh, the Malik Willis debut game he throws for 55 yards and an interception and they still win uh because derrick henry as i i love the gif you posted on twitter about the the, how much he was gonna eat oh yeah man yeah he definitely ate 32 carries 219 yards two touchdowns uh his number was against the texans every game are just absurd they it's like he does this every single time against them um and he did it once again it was it was predictable, but it was still extremely glorious. It was, and he was like he was pretty much like my lock anytime touchdown bet, and that hit, uh, and then it hit again because I bet I bet on him to have two touchdowns and a little bit less on three touchdowns, which did not hit. Even though we had all these three touchdown games, I couldn't get the one in the most obvious matchup. Um, but I feel like they just you know, didn't, they didn't he really get the memo it. that it was three touchdown week. I mean, seriously, Derek, what the heck, man? Maybe <laughs> next time they play the Texans again coming up soon. So oh, I'm gonna go. do the same bet again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and they'll be at home for that one, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, Damian Pierce got a nice late, late garbage time touchdown for his fantasy manager. So that, and a receiving touchdown. I that believe. was not nice for me. It pr- might cost me a matchup. But, oh, yeah. Uh, well, me yeah. too. I mean, this, this league I'm in is pretty close. This guy had Damian Pierce. Like, it was crazy, man. It, when it, these, these later games, I feel like it was just like one touchdown after another. Um, I, w- I had red zone on. It just kept, they just kept piling up. It, it was unbelievable. Yeah, and you know one thing with the Texans is they they're another team that could be making some moves at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks ends up with four catches for seventy three yards, but if you watch this game, like all of that was in garbage time at the very end in the fourth yeah. quarter. Uh, he just is not like this team. Just Davis Mills has been very disappointing. He's not the answer for this team. They're going to have to draft a quarterback next season, and uh, you know. Brandon Cooks needs a trade for his fantasy value. Like he, he he's still a wide receiver three in Houston just because of the targets that you think he could get, but as their number one receiver. But 
if he went to a, a Green Bay or something like that, it would be a huge boon for his value. So we'll we'll have to see. I have him in one league, so my fingers are crossed that he yeah. gets moved at the deadline. In which case, Nico Collins, um, you know, I have him stashed in an IR spot, and uh, he's a guy that could end up being the de facto number one uh, for Houston coming out of uh, the trade deadline. Yeah, and no one, no one in the receiving options on the uh, Titan side. I mean, Robert Woods. He, he, there's just no volume. Uh, even I know this game was Malik Willis, but even with Tannehill back, like he's just been so bad. Like he's he's uh, he's owned in like over fifty percent of leagues. But you can drop Robert Woods if you haven't already. Yeah, I'm surprised he's so highly rostered at this point. It's yeah, it's name recognition. It's you know, it's what he was drafted at before the season started, stuff like that. And being quote unquote the number one receiver on your team <laughs> yep, <laughs> for whatever that's exactly. worth. Yeah. Yep. All right, uh, another. Low scoring game. Commander 17, Colts 16. This was the uh, Sam Ellinger debut and going up against Taylor Heineke, who honestly, <laughs> you know, I was comping Ellinger. I, I said people comped him to Jalen Hurts, which seemed ridiculous. And I was comping him to Kenny Pickett. Maybe Tyler, Taylor Han- Heineke is the best comp for yeah, Sam maybe. Ellinger because I was watching this game and I'm like, man, these two guys are very similar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Like when that game was on, well, I had red zone on, it was popping around and my wife was like, is that Ryan Tannehill playing for the Colts? Like, you know, with the helmet on the face, I was like, no, he does kind of look like him, but uh, no, not Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> no. But, um, yeah, in this game, this is another wild finish. I mean, you mentioned Terry McLaurin earlier. There was that deep pass, and then Heineke rushed it in. Uh, Commanders came out with the, with the W. McLaurin was all fired up. You know, this is my city. I didn't realize he was, like, an Indianapolis guy. It was pretty cool. They showed, like, this was, like, the fifth time he played in Lucas Oil Stadium, but first in the NFL so he played there like in high school championships and I guess in college and stuff so yeah this is a homecoming for him I guess I should have boosted him up my rankings based on that narrative (laughs) narrative I know man (laughs) I didn't know it yeah I you know the backfield in Washington is kind of a red flag for me coming out of this game Mm -hmm. you know Brian Robinson was such a feel-good story this season uh he made an incredible recovery from those gunshot wounds that he suffered in uh, August but he played the third most snaps in this game for, in this backfield <laughs> behind Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick. And, um, you know, the bright, if you want to look on the bright side, he got 37 combined carries in the, the two games before that. So he should still get plenty of rushing work, but he's, he's a total non-factor in the passing game. And, uh, if it's a three-way committee, it's just going to be really frustrating for Robinson. I Last week, McKissick only played 16% of the snaps, and I was hopeful maybe that uh, it would be more of a two-man committee um, and that McKissick would be kind of a bit player, but they love him too much. You know, this is the this is the age-old story with McKissick. He was a nail on the side of uh, Antonio Gibson's fantasy value before. Now he's, a, now he's a nail in the side of both Gibson and Brian Robinson. Yeah, good point. Um, and then the running back on the other side, Jonathan Taylor, like he had an okay game, but he just hasn't done much yet. And, you know, I'm looking forward, you know, looking ahead to week nine rankings. I don't have him in my top 12. You know, we talked about guys like DeAndre Swift, uh, Miles Sanders, Ramondre Stevenson. I think I'm going to have all those guys ahead of Jonathan Taylor. I just can't rank him in my top 12. Like, I, you know, before the season started, you would think, oh, every week he'll be up there. But, you know, there's just better options right now now that we're going into week nine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not early in the season anymore. We're halfway through yep. uh, the season and more than halfway through the fantasy season. So it's uh, it's put up or shut up time for JT. Um, and then the the receivers too. With any, I I just don't have a great feel for it with uh, Ellinger. I mean, Pittman was okay. Uh, he's still clearly the the number one guy there and probably the only one you you would want to start right now. But um, I it's going to be interesting to see 
Uh, a, exactly how good Pittman can be with Ellinger. Is he more of like a low-end wide receiver too? Or um, can he be better than that or worse than that? You know, I feel like that's kind of like yeah. where I have him ranked right now. But uh, it could go either way, you know. And then Pierce, Alec Pierce versus Paris Campbell. Well, we just need to see which of those two guys Ellinger likes throwing the ball to more. And I don't really know the answer to that question just based on this one game. Yeah, and you know, Pittman, I know we always, we often talk about sort of what-if things, like this guy almost had a touchdown. I don't know if you were watching the very end, like Ellinger was running the quick two-minute drill to try to get him in the field goal range, and he threw a perfect pass to Pittman across the middle. Yeah, he dropped it, yeah. I mean, it was like in his hands. He was pulling it in almost, and then it just, I mean, that could have been, that could have ended up being a huge game. Like, we could be talking about eight catches for almost 100 yards, which would look a lot different, so... Um, but yeah, again, he needs to make that he needs to make that play. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Moving forward, I'll still be ranking him uh, like as a wide receiver too. But man, Pittman was my guy coming into the season. So him and Taylor both are more like RB two, wide receiver two. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's hard to see the the upside at this point um, yep. with Allinger at quarterback. All right, next game: San Francisco thirty-one and the Rams fourteen, and. We've got another three-touchdown game to talk about, and this is probably my favorite one. Uh, Christian McCaffrey threw a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and caught a touchdown in this game. Uh, I was saying in my article that I think that that they need a name for this. It's like the football version of the cycle, basically. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, like, this is why – everyone should have been so excited about him going to the 49ers because I know there were some people a little concerned about maybe his touches drop off a little bit. Um, They didn't drop off in this game, which isn't really surprising because Debo Samuel is out. So, of course, Christian McCaffrey, they're going to lean on him extra hard in this game. But regardless, even if he does see a few less touches, I mean, look at the quality of the touches he's getting in this Mm -hmm. offense. Like, it's a thing of beauty. I mean, like, average 5.2 yards per carry – uh, 55 yards on eight catches and he they even let him throw a touchdown I mean it's like <laughs> it, and it was a pretty nice pass too I gotta say it was um, I saw some crazy step that like he he has as many 30 air yard passes from outside the pocket uh as Jimmy Garoppolo and like <laughs> <laughs> one pass versus like 50 starts or something I don't know but whatever the stat was it was crazy but now there's a stat for everything isn't yeah it? but you know Jimmy G actually played well in this game too yeah. and uh, like he like it's kind of like what I was saying with Tua. I mean, Jimmy G is not a world beater, but he doesn't need to be in this offense. Like just tons of playmakers all around him. Even with Debo out, you just lean more on George Kittle. You lean more on Brandon Ayuk. You lean more on Christian McCaffrey, and you do just fine. So this offense uh, has extremely high upside at this point. I think like, and I I feel like they're trending up as a legitimate Super Bowl contender because we know yeah. the defense is great too. Absolutely. I agree with you. And you're right. This was this was the most fun with like being that trifecta. But this is the one that's that's hurting me in my home league currently because uh, my, my buddy Jimmy had CMC. And yeah, that hurt, you know, just seeing those. But man, it, it was so pretty, you know, and whatever. It's it's all good. It's fantasy. It's it's one week. When you lose when we, to the Christian McCaffrey, it's kind of like, <laughs> we it, do. you know, if it was Yonta <laughs> Foreman, I'd be pissed. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, it's just going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, the Rams, you know, Kyle Shanahan owns the Rams. Uh, Matthew Stafford, you know, 187 yards and a touchdown. Like this is a guy who belongs on waiver wires to be honest like he's i don't know if he'll be on mine for a couple weeks actually i don't know if he'll be in my top 20 you know quarterbacks uh most weeks so 
it's just not someone I'm, I'm looking to start. Cooper Cup uh, left late with an injury. I think it was an ankle. Uh, sounds like he's going to be okay and play through it. At least those are the early reports. But I don't think he'll be my wide receiver one this week, uh, just dealing with an injury. Um, mm-hmm. I'll probably lower him a couple spots. But, I mean, you're going to play Cooper Cup as long as he's active, of course. Yeah, I can't believe that he was <laughs> still in the yeah. game or that they were still throwing to him uh, in, in total garbage time. It was literally one minute left in the game when he injured his yeah. ankle. And then they like ran a couple of plays and just like like run out the clock like right after that injury. It's like yeah, right. you should have done that like two plays ago, man. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then the backfield is interesting with the Rams mm-hmm. right now as well. Um, I saw Matthew Barry and some other folks were tweeting out on Saturday that uh, they had a hunch that Ronnie Rivers, <laughs> the undrafted rookie, was going to lead the backfield uh, this week. Mm-hmm. And he did not lead the backfield in snaps, but he did lead the backfield in touches. Uh, he had 12, uh, 12 touches uh, in this game to just six for Daryl Henderson. Uh, neither of them were particularly productive, um, and Malcolm Brown mixed in a little bit as well. So it was it was just kind of a gross committee. Tough matchup against San Francisco. Um, Kyron Williams is probably going to be back, if not next week, then the week after. He's designated to return from IR. So mm-hmm. the 21-day window is open, has been for uh, about a week. Uh, you know, Daryl Henderson missed time in this, uh, during practice with, uh, an illness this week. So that's another factor, like in terms of why he might've, um, not gotten his usual role, but bottom line, it just seems like this is trending towards uh, a, a gross committee again. Whereas like when Cam Akers got phased out, it, it seemed like it momentarily, uh, opened the seas for, uh, for Henderson. And now it's, uh, you, you can't feel quite as confident about that. Well, and I, I hope that, you know, for Cam Akers' sake and for anyone left there for fantasy, I hope Cam Akers does get traded at the deadline because the latest thing I saw was sort of like, well, if he doesn't, he might get incorporated back into the backfield, which we'll we'll see. Um, there's something going on there, obviously. Um, <laughs> I like, think he might get the Elijah Moore treatment if he, <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't get traded. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, but it could get even messier, right? If he doesn't get traded and he gets a few touches and he's active on game day, like, I don't know. I'd love to see him traded and maybe stashing Kyron Williams finally pays off. Um and so we'll see. Yeah, I, and I do recommend stashing Kyron Williams, but at the same time, mm-hmm. he's a small back. Like he's, I believe, five seven, like one ninety or something. Like, yeah, he, <laughs> he is not a bell cow. Like Kyron Williams is not going to walk in and handle twenty carries uh, between the tackles a week. Like that's that's not happening. So um, even if he does play a significant role, I I still think it's at at least going to be a two man committee. So I. I think Daryl Henderson probably holds on to some value. I would mm-hmm. try to uh, resist the urge to just frustrate, uh, you know, drop him out of frustration. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Daryl Henderson could be like a nice little buy low right here. You could have a nice window to, to buy low on him if you're in need of a running back, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. But I think he's going to end up on some waiver wire. So if, if, he, yeah. if he gets dropped in your league, scoop him up. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next game, Seahawks 27, Giants 13. Uh, you know, the Giants have been winning – this season a lot of tough games but at seattle is always a really tough place to play and uh this was not uh one of the better games <laughs> for the giants offense they really struggled in this game daniel jones really struggled 176 yards no touchdowns um he uh you know did run for 20 yards but that's not as not not doesn't compare to the 100 he ran for <laughs> the previous week um saquon barkley uh, was fine, but um, you know the Seahawks statistically were not great against running backs coming into this game. But I just 
I don't know. That defense is improving, I think, as the season is going along. And certainly being at home, they're they're always tougher. So I wasn't shocked, actually, that Barkley uh, had a bit of a quiet game. I he, I believe I had him as like my RB3 for the week or something. Uh, I think a lot of people had him as their, their overall top RB. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, I think the thing with Saquon, too, like his longest run was only 15 yards. Uh, he probably just needed to kind of break one off to end up with a, a much better day, and he just didn't do that. You know, every every run was kind of short. Um, I was I was a little surprised. I thought he would definitely get closer to like 100 yards rushing, especially with 20 carries. I mean, yeah, just not great there. Um, yep. Darius Slayton, six targets. Uh, he led the Giants there. Um, Marcus Johnson also had six targets. Did not do much with him, but Darius Slayton had five catches for 66 yards. And um, Wandale Robinson, that was kind of a surprise that he just had the two catches. I think... That's another name that a lot of people are going to drop because uh, they're going on their bye as well. So I think Wandale Robinson is a guy, uh, to a lesser extent, kind of like Daryl Henderson. If you see him waived, I would pick him up and stash him because I think long term, rest of the season, Wandale Robinson has like this high upside that he could actually be the number one receiver uh, for the Giants moving forward. Yeah, I'm still I'm still generally bullish on him, but this was kind of a, a weird situation. Like, why does he only get three targets in this game? I you know yeah why are they giving tanner hudson five targets why are they giving uh darius slayton six targets why are they you know why are they giving marcus johnson six targets it's it yeah. seems clear to me that Wanda robinson is their most talented explosive option in the passing game so they need to get him the ball more it's hard to, it's hard to really take issue with brian dable with, with the job he's done with this team but that was a little bit of a head scratcher for me yeah we talked um, about DK Metcalf going into yeah. the game and not really knowing if he would. I mean, we thought he might miss like three, four weeks. You know, you just never know with Pete Carroll. We kind of laughed about that one, but the Seattle offense is kind of easy too, right? You're going to start Ken Walker, you're going to start Tyler Lockett, you're going to start DK Metcalf, um, and that's pretty much it. Like Geno's a streamer uh, some weeks. Um, he's he's looked mostly good most weeks. So I think Seattle's kind of one of those offenses you can. It's pretty simple, especially with like those three position players when they're healthy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. both Lockett and Metcalf gave fantasy managers a bit of a scare this week I mean they were both considered game time decisions kind of in opposite ways to be honest like Metcalf based on the injury he had last week it seemed it you know at this time last week it we would have said there's almost no chance he was going to play yeah and then he ends up uh trending positive all week and actually by the time <laughs> Sunday came around he was the more likely player <laughs> to play than than Lockett based on the news reports and Lockett who had gotten in full practices you know he had been dealing with uh, a rib injury but um there was and a hamstring but it didn't seem serious and then all of a sudden uh you start seeing these reports on Friday and Saturday that he could really miss the game and they had a late it was a late window game as it always tends to be in Seattle so um it was nerve wracking with those guys. You you kind of had to have like a backup plan in place and hopefully they're both back healthier next week. And uh, you'd love to see if they're just not on the injury report at all, especially being these West coast teams with the late windows. Yeah. The late windows it does make it tough for fantasy managers. Yeah, exactly. All right. Sunday night game bills, 27 Packers, 17. Uh, it, you know, I, I'll i be honest. I actually did not watch this game. I, I was facing someone that has a lot of bills and I was like, I just can't, <laughs> I can't stomach it. Like I don't, I don't want to watch it. Um, <laughs> but what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you're, you're, you're facing me in the dynasty league. You're probably talking about a different league as well, but yeah, I had Devin Singletary and Gabe Davis who didn't do a whole lot. I mean, Singletary, again, he continues to look solid. Um, I thought he, I thought he could have had a bigger game because, Green Bay just kind of gives up 
a lot on the ground. They're they're a tough they're a tough matchup in the air. And, and Josh Allen did enough to get the win. Uh, second, he had a couple inter, like kind of bad interceptions uh, second half, and the Packers, you know, Aaron Rodgers came back and they covered the spread, which Mike Tirico kind of alluded to in the broadcast. It was kind of interesting. He was after that touchdown pass, uh, the last one that Rodgers had. He said something to the effect of like, "Oh, got it back to ten. That means a lot to people." Or you know, kind of pulled an Al Michaels there. Um, talking about the gamblers, <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, that was. I don't know. The game. Aaron Jones looked really good. Um, Twenty carries for 143 yards. He, they played Detroit this coming week, so he's in a smash spot there. Aaron Jones is going to eat this coming week, I think. How about AJ Dillon? You know, I might move him back up because Detroit's just a really good matchup. I could see, I could see them. I mean, I could see Aaron Rodgers having an okay game, but just the pass catchers. I don't know. Like Dobbs had an okay game. He had a couple big plays. Really nice touchdown catch. Yeah, I um, saw that. But overall, like I think the running backs might just, you know, they might both have 15 to 20 carries each against Detroit and they come out with the win. Yeah, you know, coming into this game, I was a little worried about Dobbs because just that quote that Rodgers had uh, yeah. about wanting the guys who were not uh, making consistent plays needed to be benched, basically. Like <laughs> yeah. the subtext of that seemed to be that he was talking about Dobbs. I thought so too. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, Sammy Watkins didn't he? Uh, didn't he? Um, he wasn't like a hundred percent for this game. And then Christian Watson left the game with a concussion, right? So early, like first yeah, quarter, right? Yeah. So whether they wanted to or not, they kind of had to lead on Dobbs with Alan Lazard out. Yeah, and that that's that Samori Torre guy had the. I think he's a rookie as well. He had that that deep yep. pass, that last touchdown. So, it, yep, yeah, I had him in. I had him fairly high in my wide receiver rankings last week. Like. By fairly high, I mean like in the seventies or something. <laughs> See, I moved Christian Watson up. I thought based on that Rogers quote, same thing. I thought, you know what, Christian Watson, he's going to be active. And who knows? Maybe it could have been a lot different if he didn't be if he wasn't ruled out with a concussion in the first quarter. But yeah, I moved them all up because I was just like, somebody needs to catch passes. In this Absolutely. Yep. Uh, and then anything else on the Buffalo side? I mean, Diggs just does Diggs things. Um, a little disappointing game by Gabe Davis, but that's kind of. The, the 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 story with Gabe Davis, right? Sometimes he hits, yeah. and sometimes he doesn't. Well, we we just got done talking, and we'll talk waiver wire here in a second. But like, we just got done talking about like rookies, like you mentioned Isaiah Pacheco coming out of the bye week. You know, the Bills, I believe, were coming out of the bye week here, and James Cook got a little more action. So you often see that, and so we saw Zach Moss inactive a lot. So I think we're we're seeing James Cook maybe the second half of the year. We might see a little bit more some more touches mixed in here. And this might yeah, be the start and it looks it. like from the snap counts, like in the slot, I'm always watching the slot snaps for Buffalo, and it looks like mm-hmm. Isaiah McKenzie and Khalil Shakur are still splitting that. It's kind of like a two-to-one committee in the slot, uh, McKenzie playing about 53% of the snaps and Shakur at 29%. So mm. not ideal for fantasy purposes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, all right, let's move on to the waiver wire. And as always, we will talk about players who are rostered in less than 50% of leagues, although we will sometimes discuss some guys in that 50 to 60% range as well, uh, starting at quarterback, as we always do. And I think Justin Fields is kind of like the runaway top uh, ad of the week at yeah. quarterback. Would you agree? Yeah, it's a pretty easy one there. He's rostered in 41% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, again, looking ahead to week nine, I've moved him up all the way to just basic initial rankings he's inside my top 10 they face Miami at home this week now there might be a little bit of weather and wind too early to know I don't trust weathermen especially this far out in advance but as we get closer to the game it might be something to pay attention to because if if it's windy 
Um, that might mean something. Um, but Justin Fields, you know, he might just run the ball more. <laughs> I so. think that might be good for Justin Fields. <laughs> <It could. laughs> Honestly, like you yeah. don't really want him dropping back to pass that much. I, I mean, it is nice that they've kind of upped their pass attempts into the low twenties, which is still low for the NFL standards, but it's much better than. I mean, first three or four weeks of the season, like they were, they were basically like the Falcons, you know, like they yeah. were really run heavy. Um, but now they they're at least like normal by normal NFL standards run heavy, which is yeah. better. Um, but he has, you know, Fields has sixty plus rushing yards in three straight games, and he had he hadn't reached that mark in any game before that. So uh, they're doing a lot more designed runs for him, which is I think the biggest key uh, to getting him into that QB one territory and. Miami, I think, is a really, really good matchup. That defense is, like I said, really struggling with injuries right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, my number two, it kind of depends on what you need. Uh, I'll just mention a couple guys. Well, let me mention three guys here. I think if rest of, if I was talking rest of season, I would have Jimmy G. And if Jared Goff is available, we just, we've talked about him. They're both right at that 50% mark. But my guy Andy Dalton is 14%, and they play the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football this week at home. Uh, and they have some okay matchups coming up. So I think as long as he keeps the job, I think Andy Dalton could be nice and streamable. And they don't have a buy until week 14. So as long as he keeps the job, I just kind of like Andy Dalton as a potential streamer here for you. This like And, and Jimmy, Jimmy G has a buy this week. So you to pick him up is kind of tough this week. But I, I like him rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're stashing, I actually would... My number one stash is Deshaun Watson at this point. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because uh, he's going to be back in week 13. So... I mean that's uh, <laughs> that's getting closer, and you know we're yeah. only a month out of that at that at that at this point. And if you're like one of those teams that looks like you're going to make the playoffs, but your quarterback is just kind of meh, you know, like yep. uh, if you've been starting Geno Smith lately, or if you uh, if your quarterback is any of the Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Matthew Stafford, if you drafted any of these guys <laughs> as your as your starting quarterback to begin the year you're probably scrambling around and playing matchups and Watson is the guy who could really <laughs> be that elite uh quarterback come playoff time so I really yeah. like the idea of stashing him if you can I just traded for him in in a super flex league and I'm, I feel pretty good about it I think that's a good call and I think it's easier to do if you have like a Kirk Cousins or a Derek Carr one of these guys who's passed their bye um but man if you have a Tom Brady or some of these guys maybe haven't had a bye yet it's going to be tough to have three quarterbacks uh, potentially, or maybe you just drop a guy like Brady, you know, come his by. I mean, you might do that if, if, if Watson's getting close to returning at that point, you know, week 11, week 12 or whatever. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, I, I will say, and so I agree with that. Like, I think if you're stashing, it's Watson and Jimmy G, uh, Jared Goff, I think he works as like a potential rest of season guy. Mm -hmm. Um, although, I still don't feel great about starting him on the road. <laughs> like, I kind of only want to start him at home right now. And they are at home against Green Bay this week. Uh, the Packers are a pretty decent defense, but uh, I don't think it matters that much. I think when mm. Goff is at home and his receivers are healthy, I think he's a pretty strong option. So, uh, I, you know, I would play him over Dalton if you're looking for a one-week thing. I mean, that Baltimore defense, we talked about it last week. I mean, the numbers are still kind of skewed from that to a blow-up game in week two. I mean, that was a long mm -hmm. time ago now. Since then, their defense has been a lot better against the pass. So I don't think that's necessarily a great matchup. And, and that Baltimore defense is uh, 
making some moves too. Um, they just traded for Ro- Roquan Smith, and they yeah. are getting uh, da- my boy uh, Njabo from Michigan uh, activated. So they're going to have some pass rush going. Um, I like Marcus Mariota uh, as a streamer. I you know he's like a high floor streamer to me, um, just because he adds that rushing value. Yep. And uh, last week he made some passes too. So um, he's he just seems like one of these QBs that like finishes as QB 15 every single week. <laughs> so you could do worse, you know? Yep. He's my, he's my number five guy and I have Watson there too. You know, you, you definitely need to start thinking about that. Like you said, and then I'll just, I'll mention one more guy is Taylor Heineke. We talked about him. Yeah. He's 7% rostered. Um, like he's, he just looks good. And I think he might just keep the job the rest of the year. They play Minnesota at home this week, which is just sort of like an average matchup. Um, then they go on the road at Philly, which is tough. Like week 10 is kind of tough. So this is more just like a, I don't know, maybe a one week if you're streaming QBs or, or playing the matchups and having two quarterbacks. I like he- I like Heineke well enough this week. Yeah, we have all the same names listed. He was the last name on my list as well. All right. Hopefully you can do better, but desperate yeah. times call for desperate measures. <laughs> all right, running back. So, you know, we talk about this a lot on this show. Like, for me, with running back picks, sometimes there's like a no-brainer guy that's like the guy you, you spend all your fab to get. Kenneth Walker types like yep. that happens two or three times a season uh, most weeks though you're either deciding whether you want to chase a guy who has some plug-and-play value and seems to be emerging in a committee or do you want to stash like a high upside bench guy you know mm-hmm. um, so to me that's the question every, uh, this week because uh you know, I, I would say your boy Tyler Algier is probably he's fifty four percent rostered, but if he's yep. available, he's probably the best option just because um, he has some immediate plug and play value and some upside as well, mm-hmm. just being a rookie and being in a really run heavy offense. So I guess he'd be my number one. But if short of that, if I don't need a starter for this week, I'm I'm gonna be rather than spending fab on the hot name of the week, whoever it may be, um, I would rather just stash some of these uh these uh high upside backups and i'm thinking isaiah pacheco rashad white alexander madison jalen warren dontrell hilliard james cook any of those guys like Mm -hmm. give me give me as many of those guys as i can fit on my bench and uh i'll just kind of wait and see which ones cash yep i'm i'm pretty much right with you those are the names that were in basically the same order for me and i'll just mention a couple names outside of those names who i already mentioned caleb huntley um, I, he's only 4% rostered and they do yeah. face the chargers this week. I think he could be an okay flex option. Like he's going to be sniffing like RB three territory for me just based on the usage. I mean, he had 16 carries last week. Arthur Smith is going to run the ball. And so Caleb Huntley's going to get touches. He might even have a touchdown. So I think you could do worse, um, with, I think we have six teams on by this week. So you'll, you'll have some people who are, who are looking for an option like that. Yeah. I like that call a lot. I have him as a great deep league streamer option. Um, the Chargers give up the third most fantasy points to running backs. So, uh, and it is you know Algier is playing like two thirds of the snaps, and and Huntley's at one third. But Huntley is kind of like it's sort of similar to Brian Robinson, where even when they don't play that many snaps, they can still get a lot of carries. Like two of the last three weeks, he's had like sixteen carries. So um, that's definitely if he gets sixteen carries against the Chargers, like he could run for eighty yards and a touchdown. Yeah, and the other name I'll mention who might be a plug-and-play, we'll have to see because he didn't play this past week, is Chuba Hubbard. He's 43% rostered. We saw Dante Foreman have the three-touchdown game, but we expect this to be more of a committee. I mean, it might be 60-40 Foreman. Who knows? Maybe it'll be more like 70-30. 
now that Foreman had this big game. But I don't know. I think the matchup we're, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing the Browns right now up 25 nothing right now here in the third quarter against the Bengals. So it's possible that the Panthers might be able to run and move the ball on this uh, Bengal defense. And so Chuba Hubbard might be an okay deep flex play as well. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, Kenyon Drake yep. could be a, one, a great one-week plug-and-play because, like I said, Gus Edwards dealing with a hamstring injury. It doesn't sound serious, but with their bye in Week 10, like mm-hmm. it, it's very likely, in my opinion, that they decide to sit Gus Edwards for one week. And we've seen Kenyon Drake go off for over 100 yards uh, when serving as lead back in this offense this season. So, yeah. um, And, you know, facing a New Orleans defense that really hasn't been very good this year. So, um, I think he's a, he's a very interesting uh, short-term option. Uh, the, those Rams guys, Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers, R- Williams is a lot more rostered than Rivers, and you can stash, stash him in IR. That's probably why he's so highly rostered. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think either one of them, if you've got a bench spot, you could you could take a wait and see and yep. just see what happens. Uh, you mentioned Latavius Murray earlier. They're on bye, but he's only 40% rostered, so... Um, yeah, uh, you know, I like just given all these other names, I probably am not going to rush to pick him up. But, um, but, you know, he could be like you said, one of those guys you could pick up uh, on Mon- right before Monday Night Football <laughs> next week or something. Absolutely. You know? Yep. Yep. And then uh, just some real deep names. Uh, I, when it comes to like lottery tickets, I like guys that are in two man committees or the, like the clear backup. Uh, in a in a backfield where there's like really only two guys, mm-hmm. so like Samaje P Ryan I think qualifies because um, Chris Evans is not really a running back. <laughs> yeah, um, Jamichael Hasty uh, in Jacksonville is uh, the clear only alternative at this point to Travis Etienne, uh, and then Rex Burkhead uh, with the with the uh, Texans as well. Those are all guys that are ten percent or uh, less rostered in in fantasy uh, in Yahoo leagues, and I think that. They are all one injury away from being hot pickups. Yeah, Rex Burkhead, man, resurfacing. It's true, but like the the Texans are, they could be going into like full tank mode here coming up. And if well, like if Pierce, Rex Burkhead loves his garbage time, man, he does. And if Pierce picks up an injury, like they're gonna they're gonna sit him. You know, like they're gonna want to like he's gonna be a piece of their offense. So yeah, I like that. I, I wasn't even thinking about Rex Burkhead to be honest, but yeah, that could be a deeper, much deeper one. But he could be relevant if uh, Pierce picks up an injury for sure. Yep. All right, let's move to wide receiver, and I, I think there's some good, interesting names on the list yeah. this week, especially if you're willing to jump up into that 50 to 60 percent range as well. Um, here's the order I have them. Um, I've got it. I, I, I actually am going to move Wandale Robinson a little lower than where I have him right now because I think I would prefer <laughs> Rondale more over Wandale Robinson at this point. Okay. Um. So. I think I would go Romeo Dobbs, Rondale Moore, Wandale Robinson, Michael Gallup, Josh Palmer, Chase Claypool, Kadarius Toney, Garrett Wilson, mm. Darnell Mooney. I think those are all pretty interesting names. They are. And, I mean, I have a little bit different order. Um, and Chase Claypool is 58% rostered. Like, again, he would be my number one ad if, like, we find out on Tuesday he's traded to the Packers. Oh, you know, yeah. I would blow a lot of fat to get him <laughs> if he goes to the Packers. Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe, probably not just the Packers. There's probably sure. some other teams. Uh, I'm yeah. trying to think what other teams could really use a, a, a Chase Claypool. Um, how about the Giants? <laughs> they could certainly yeah. use him. Yeah. So, I mean, if he's if he's going into a situation where it's like, wow, he's got the opportunity to be the number one wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if he, if he just goes someplace like, I don't know like Dallas or something. I don't think I would be super excited about it, but yeah, if he if he goes to Green Bay or somewhere, I, I would I would be interested. 
Well, if he goes to Dallas, I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, could, he could end up overtaking Gallup, and then he's... <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, or, or maybe the Chargers with Mike Williams out for a month. Mm. I mean, there's like a lot of interesting places I could... The more I think about it, there's a lot of places he could go. But yeah, um, Josh Josh Palmer mentioned the Chargers. He's actually my number three on this list. Um, I have him right behind, like, Romeo Dobbs. I was I was ready to, like, write him off for dead, to be honest, after that zero-point game. Yeah. And I, I didn't start him in a couple leagues that I had him. Um, which, you know, it's one of those things, like, I sure, I kind of regret it because I had, you know, I, I played a guy like Allen Robinson over him who's still got some points, but Dobbs had a better game in the end, but it was sort of the process over it. It was very hard to start Dobbs after all that narrative and what Rodgers was saying. But, yeah, I, I just think Josh Palmer has this opportunity, like you said, with Mike Williams out. Um, he's had the opportunity before, but it's a little different now that Keenan Allen's back. Like, maybe Palmer will be better in that role, um, getting some of those Mike Williams catches. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Um, I you know, big picture, how I feel about this group of receivers is that like they all have a lot of upside, but they also have a pretty low floor. So um, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't feel the need to put a ton of fab on any one of them because there's right. so many of them. If I can just, I mean, some of these guys, like the guys that are in the fifty to sixty percent range, might be rostered in competitive leagues. But if like four or five of the of the guys I just listed are available in your league, like put in moderate fab bids. You know, don't go overboard and just try to get one or two of them. And you don't be don't be so concerned which ones you get. You know, because I feel yeah. like you can make a case for any of these guys. Um, like Rondo Moore is a guy I'm pretty excited about, just based on the fact he's back in the slot. It seems like a really stable role for him at least until Hollywood Brown comes back and we don't even know for sure Hollywood Brown will come back so mm-hmm. um I think I think he's a really interesting option um Kadarius Tony is probably the one that people might be listening and be like why don't you have him higher <laughs> uh but if you think about it people always get over their skis anytime a guy goes to Kansas City and it seems like it usually doesn't work out you know yeah. um they're reportedly going to bring him along slowly I just think, I don't know. I, I think it's, it, we've already seen with the Chiefs that like it's very hard to predict who's going to pop in any given week. And I would say it's unlikely Tony is the one that's going to pop in the next few weeks. And then once he's fully up to speed with the playbook and all that, then, you know, maybe he's slightly better positioned than Mikol Hardman or Marquez Valdez Scantling, but that's not saying a whole lot. Yeah. And those guys are 35% rostered themselves. I and mean, we could be talking about them just as easily. And, I'm with you on this week. Like, there's a lot of interesting names. We just we've just talked about like ten guys. And if I'm setting my fab, like my waivers, and you need a receiver, um, I would go kind of in one of those orders we're talking about, and you know, put in five, ten bucks, and just sort of scale it down based on who you like of those names. And I would even go down to like a dollar bid for a guy like Mac Hollins, who's only seven percent rostered. Like Mac Hollins has looked really good this year, so I would uh, I would consider him as well. Yeah, he's still playing more snaps uh, than Hunter Renfro. Yeah. And that's a team that, you know, before last week, was they were one of the few offenses that was scoring 30 points week in and week out. Well, so many other offenses were struggling. So, yeah, I think he's an interesting name. Devin Duvernay is another name to consider uh, with Bateman True. expected to miss a few weeks. Uh, you know, Demarcus Robinson kind of looked like their <laughs> number one receiver last week, but I don't necessarily expect that to stick i think duvernay is the one whose skill set is more similar to bateman's um so i feel like he's going to step into the into bateman's role in the offense uh 
and he has had a couple really big games already this season. So he's and they use him as a rusher sometimes as well on end arounds and things like that. So they seem to scheme the ball into Duvernay's hands, which is always a good sign. Yep. Anyone uh, else you mentioned you Terrace about? Marshall before? Yeah. Uh, I think he's you know he's on, he's rostered in one percent of leagues, uh, but he had nine targets last week. He's got a decent prospect pedigree, and PJ Walker's playing really good football right now. So uh, I think he's definitely at least a deep league name to consider. Yeah, and DeAndre Carter, I picked him up before uh, I think Monday night started in our Superflex league because, like I said, I'm struggling at receiver there. And, uh, you know, no Mike Williams. Like I mentioned Josh Palmer I like, but honestly, Atlanta is a really good matchup for receivers. I think Justin Herbert might throw the ball 40, 50 times. Mm -hmm. And if it's Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, and maybe DeAndre Carter, in addition to, of course, Eckler and Gerald Everett, like there might be enough to go around where Carter might get himself five or six targets. So deep league, but, I mean, I might start him over a guy like Drake London, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ouch, it's come to that, huh? It has. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nico Collins, I mentioned before, if uh, if Brandon Cooks gets traded, he's going to be a hot name. So uh, you could get ahead of the of – the, I guess you can't because waivers, by the time they process <laughs> the trade deadline, will be over. But he's yeah. a name you might want to be adding this week if Cooks gets dealt. Um, then, you know, those Indianapolis guys, Alec Pierce, Paris mm-hmm. Campbell, talked about them before. I'm, I'm kind of taking a wait-and-see approach with, with both of them right now. Okay. Uh, and want to move on to tight ends. You got well. I got two IR stashes. Traylon Burks is seventeen percent rostered. Mm-hmm. Jamison Williams twenty five percent. So if you've got a free IR spot, those guys both have a ton of upside. I think. Yeah, I would definitely go Traylon over uh, Jamison, like you said, just because what we've been hearing from Jamison Williams is like we think he's going to play this year, or we expect him to. It's going to be late. Like I could see him totally being shut down. Whereas Traylon Burks, at least, sounds like he probably will be back in a couple weeks. Yeah, no, I I would prefer Burks as well. Uh, tight end. So, you know, we talked about Greg Dolchich before on bye, but mm. 42% rostered. If you're hurting at tight end and you have the roster space, like pick him up and just wait it out for a week, you know? Yeah, and maybe also pick up Isaiah Likely. That's my number two. He's 5% rostered, and I, I tend to think that they're going to hold Mark Andrews out. I really do. I know they need him with Bateman out, but I could just see them having a super heavy – you know, run run game plan against uh, the Saints, try to keep it low scoring. And uh, they saw what, you know, they saw the Raiders go in there and score no points. So I just think they might just game plan it up and sit Mark Andrews, you know, get like the super bye, right? They're coming off Thursday night football, rest them. They have the bye week, get their team healthy, you know, for week 10, really. So Isaiah likely looked really good. I think he could have a lot of targets in this game, even if Andrews is like working at half speed. Yeah, no, I agree. I have him, I have Evan Ingram ahead of him just because, yeah. If you're looking for like a rest of season option, um, I think Ingram is probably, I mean, I like likely better as a player, but um, I just think it's kind of a one week plug and play with likely just yes. because Andrew should be totally healthy after the buy. So, um, and I just don't know if there's enough pass volume in, to go around <laughs> when Andrews is healthy there. Um, but Ingram four four or more catches, 40 or more yards in four straight games. So uh, it's not sexy, but it you know if you're hurting a tight end, I think he's the guy you can kind of just put in your lineup and not worry about it for at least a few weeks. I agree. He's my next guy. Like, yeah, I would Isaiah likely would be like my number two if you really need someone for this week. You're just streaming tight ends, but I totally agree. Evan Ingram rest of the season I have higher than likely, and yeah, you can keep him for longer. And my next guy would be Big Bob Tanyan, who's 51, yep. percent but you know he's we just talk, got done talking about the Packers receivers, and they don't really have one right now so he could i could see him just becoming more and more like this is a guy too who was coming off an injury i believe it was an acl so like 
he's he's working his way back in too. We we kind of aren't thinking that because he's playing and everything, but I could see Rodgers kind of trusting him more and more and maybe getting more targets as he stops trusting some of these rookie receivers and maybe he'll start trusting Tunyon a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like we've been telling ourselves that all season though. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do have him next as well. I, I, I just feel like there's a bit of a drop off to him. Um, yeah. And then it sounds like neither of us are chasing Tyler Conklin's uh, two touchdown game. Uh, but I do have him next just because it's tight end. You know, uh, he is playing <laughs> yeah. more snaps than CJ Uzoma again, which for a while he was not. But that's two weeks in a row that Conklin's back up close to 80% of the snaps. So, um, you know, you can't feel great about the Jets passing game, but uh, he at least is a red zone option. And then Kate Otten is another one to consider. Uh, we'll have to see what Cam Brate's status is, but uh, I I like Otten as a as a player who could you know continue to get better as the season goes along. Yeah, Conklin was next on my list, twelve percent rostered. Um, it's not like it's you know yeah chasing the touchdowns. I don't know whatever. It's tight end. I like those other three or four guys way better. Um, there's a big drop. It's like there's a drop off to Tunyon, and then there's a drop bigger drop off to Conklin for me, but maybe not as big. Yeah, I agree. Uh, defense. Yep. So I I feel like there's a lot of interesting defense options this week. So mm-hmm. not a week to blow a ton of fab on it, in my opinion. Um, Kansas City. Yeah. They're going to be home against Tennessee. It could be Malik Willis again. So I know I know Derrick Henry could eat, but even so, that seems like a, a potentially uh, awesome matchup for the Chiefs if Willis is back under center again. Oh yeah, stack the box. I mean, you got those big guys, Chris Jones and those guys up front. Like I feel like I feel like they could just they could hold Tennessee to like ten points um, and just yeah, Derrick Henry will get fed. But especially if it's Malik Willis, I agree. They're my number one. I tweeted that out earlier today. Sort of same thing. Like. Hey, you can get them now in Yahoo leagues. Drop a Robert Woods and pick them up before the waiver wire because I think there's going to be people at this point spending like five bucks, ten bucks to get Kansas City because they're the clear uh, top ad for me. And after that, I mean, I guess like Green Bay at the Lions, um, maybe. But you just, like, I know you like Jared Goff at home, but I don't know. I I, I kind of like the Packers defense to kind of bounce back. You know, they they kept the Bills somewhat in check. You know, the Bills team total was like I think expected to be like thirty or something. So. They held him under that. It might have even been more than that. But in any event, like I like the Packers against the Lions. I think they could own them. Yeah, I was gonna have I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna start the Packers in our dynasty league this week, so I don't hate the matchup. Um, but I do think Detroit probably gets over twenty points in that game. Um uh, I have a couple I prefer. Uh Minnesota at mm-hmm. Washington, I think is a is a solid one. Um Cincinnati uh, they they're not looking very good tonight, but they <laughs> uh, they are at home against yeah. Carolina. So even yeah. though PJ Walker's look good lately, I still I still think that's not a bad matchup for the Bengals, and, and they're they're a decent defense in real life. I'm with you. The, the Bengals were next on my list, and it, you know the NFL you kind of have to take it a week at a time. You almost have to erase your memory a little bit, you know, um, of a game like this. And sometimes it even works in your favor, right? The Bengals get embarrassed a little bit you know, on Monday night football here, potentially. I mean, the game's not over, but I see you with your mouth open. Did that, did that actually stand? Did he not get touched? Oh my God. Uh, Even, even if he got touched, that catch was unbelievable. Yeah. Mari Cooper just made a really nice, I think he did get touched, but man, that was a nice catch. Wow. Yeah. I think the Bengals could, could bounce back um, in this game and and be a good defense as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, My sleeper defense of the week, if all these other ones are taken, is uh, the Seahawks at Arizona. Hmm. Um, I'm always a little hesitant to take defense on the road, but 
the Seahawks defense has actually been really good this season. Um, and that Cardinal offense is, you know, is, is not, it still looks kind of broken. So, yeah. Um, so I don't mind that at all. I think I would prefer the Seahawks over the Cardinals, although you could look at either side of that matchup if you have to. Okay. I know you probably want to give a couple kickers, so bring it on. Kickers. <laughs> all right. Uh, Harrison Bucker with the Chiefs. He was probably dropped in a lot of leagues. He's at 48% rostered now um, over the bye week. Uh, people, if you're smart, you're definitely not holding a kicker over the bye week. So <laughs> I, I commend you for doing the right thing and dropping Harrison Bucker. But you can pick him back up now. Home yep. against Tennessee should be favorable game script. Good kicker. Good, good situation. Uh, Michael Badgley. Uh, with the Lions, um, he just keeps putting up numbers, and that offense is putting up numbers. Like I said, they're at home; they'll, they'll score some points. So yeah. uh, I like him. And then Nick Folk, fifty-two percent rostered, but uh, at home against Indianapolis and Sam Ellinger. So that should be some good game script. Uh, and Folk uh, could could kick three or four field goals in that game. Yeah, he did against the Jets. I mean, he looked good. And we saw him a ton last year, especially as the season went on. Just having some games like this where he would just I mean, it just it's, to me, it's almost like a throwback to like the I don't know some of the Baltimore days with uh, Matt Stover and some of those where they would just you know five six field goals maybe a touchdown and win the game. I could see as the weather gets colder, Nick Folk having something like he could be good for you rest of season as a kicker for sure. Yeah, yeah. But big picture, what I would say about kickers is definitely don't roster a kicker during the week this week. Stash players whose situations mm. could change. I, I mean. You know, right now, <laughs> this is like really inside baseball, but like I have guys on the IR that are often uh, listed as questionable on Yahoo starting on Tuesday. So you yep. got to put waiver claims in on Monday uh, so that you, you're allowed to make waiver claims with a guy uh, on uh, your IR is not who's not out. Mm-hmm. So I, I make claims on Mondays and I, uh, I often drop my kicker for um, like this week, guys who could get traded, you know, guys mm-hmm. like. Chase Claypool, who we talked about. Um, so I think that's a good thing to do, stashing those kind of guys this week. Um, and then with injury situations, like like this year, so much come, is up in the air until very late in the week. So um, that all the more reason to just roster an extra position player rather than a kicker until – I've been taking it right down to Sunday at sure. this point just because oh. there's so much injury news that comes in very late this year. Absolutely. Like I mentioned Chuba Hubbard, you know, as we were going through running backs, I know he's like 40% rostered, but you know, if he's, if he's back in practice and he's full, like he could be a guy you might flex with all these guys on by. So yeah, just pick up a guy who maybe was injured last week. You might get him for really cheap and maybe he's healthy or, you know, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So that about <laughs> wraps it for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Bart and I will have our week nine rankings up at rosrankings.com later in the week. We also have updated rest-of-season rankings uh, for you on the site, rosrankings.com. We'll be doing another pod uh, on Wednesday, previewing all the Week 9 matchups, so make sure to check that out. And uh, if you have any waiver wire uh, questions, you can always reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Andrew underscore Seifter. And I am at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. 
go to www.rosrankings.com for more.